What's up, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione coming off of another packed cornhole weekend in Louisiana. I have to tell you, I was pretty jealous about Wally and everyone talking about how good the seafood is. I'm over here in the <laughs> middle of Northern California, nowhere near coast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder how far. I think they were pretty close to New Orleans. I saw like a bunch of the people that went down there go to New Orleans and I uh, I, like. I'm not a huge fan of New Orleans, but I love the food in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Like food, seafood, like that. I could I could survive off that cuisine alone. So I was uh, I was yes I I was joining you in the jealousy a little bit, Michelle. Yeah. At one point, did you hear Wally say, "I can't eat any more seafood"? I'm like, get out of here! Can't <laughs> <laughs> no Wally I'm over here struggling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dare you? Yeah. Jealous. Yep, absolutely. But it uh, looked like a lot of fun over there. Um, like I said last week, it's nice having these back-to-back -back weekends as a viewer. Super fun. Enjoyed the weekend watching. A uh, lot of good stuff. I did a post about how big of a day Cheyenne had in, in women, so I can't wait to dive into that deeper. But there's also some names uh, um, creeping up in those brackets, especially in singles that I hadn't heard before. When you guys were watching some of those players in the brackets, did you recognize a lot of those names? Yeah, at least from my perspective, it was um, it, there was a good mix, but there were certainly some names of of the, some of these amateur players that have have started to hang around a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like people that kind of are, are sticking towards the top half of the standings and the brackets at, at multiple of these tournaments. So they're, they're names I'm starting to keep an eye on for, for the next season. But that's what – I think that's what's great about the Open Series is that a lot of times we're seeing these names that we've never heard before. They'll pop up for one of these Opens, and they'll go really deep, right? And I think that's what kind of the Open Series is made for. It's like that opportunity – if it's your day, it's your day, Right. And, and yes, the pros on average, like if you take all the pros on average, they're going to finish higher than everybody else. But on any given day, you can have one of these these top-level amateur players it be their day, and they can go on a deep run. Um, so, you know, and depending on how the brackets lay out, sometimes they can, they can go, you know, deep, deep into tournaments. So overall, you know, I think um, – yeah, I think I think that's what makes the open series special. But there, yeah, there's a few names. I mean, obviously, we were saying that about Caden Allen towards the end of last season, beginning of this season, and now we're not really saying that anymore because there's almost like a level of expectation of like this guy is just gonna, this is gonna show up every time now. But, um, but yeah, there's 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 a few other names of people that that seem to just that go deep in brackets, have these deep runs, and and people got to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think you said it, Trey. I mean. It it's about how the bracket lays out. And that's why it was significant here at open number nine for me. So take 256 baggers in a tournament, right? That is going to be four brackets of 64. And that was unique here is we added, it was like 24 to 30 players to the 256. So you come out now with 280, 290. Let's just put it somewhere in there. So you're only adding, you know, 20 to 30 players. But what that does is it blows your brackets up now into eight brackets. So if we go to the if we go to the pro division and that's how a national runs is we go four of sixty four four brackets of sixty four players it's an absolute grind getting to the king seat I mean you got to be better than an elite player and when you get down to that losers section where it starts cramming the bottom ten guys it just gets congested with you know the best of the best talent 
and everyone's in a one and done scenario. So there's a lot of pressure there. So what happened at this open by adding those 20 to 30 baggers is you now blew up eight brackets. And I think it provided an opportunity for a lot of these players that we didn't recognize to kind of surface, you know, to kind of show up and be able to have a run because you're, you're saying, all right, instead of four brackets, I got eight instead of eight King seat, eight people in King seat matches. I have 16, you know, instead of, you know, 16 people in semifinals, we have 32. So I think it just opened up that opportunity to bring in more visible visibility. And like you were saying, Mish, which of those household names, took advantage of that. I mean, we know Zach Shibner, but maybe on a national level, not necessarily. And he had a shot at a semifinals match, a chance to get to the king seat versus Thorne. He lost that one, but had his shot. Blaine Rozier had a shot losing to Alex Rawls, 21 to 20. Gavin Hammond, I talk about the high school national champ. He had a shot to get to the king seat against another no name where on a national level, Craig Irvin. Craig Irvin capitalized, got to the king seat match. Um, and then, and then there's just a number of, a bunch more. You got Justin Duke, Steven Sanford, Josh Dottie, Eric Verdusco, uh, Devin King, Caleb Rogers, Josh Glover. All of those guys had a shot to get to the King seat, uh, with Eric Verdusco and Devin King taking advantage of that. So I think you're right on with that, Misha. Um, I, I think just the way that the brackets blew up with only 30 to 35 people in, a, in essentially a 64 person bracket it really just provided an opportunity for a lot more visibility. Which is great. The other thing I noticed, is anybody boarding it anymore? Or do they just always go for the shot? I didn't see anybody play conservatively. (laughs) They went for the drag. They went for the put. Like They're always going for it. I think it's becoming a product. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just becoming a product of people not wanting to or realizing people are getting so good. Right. And as people are getting so, so good, you you have to be able to take those shots and hit them at a higher percentage. Right. I mean, when you talk about when you look at women's, uh, you know, Cheyenne Renner hits 55 bags in a row in the hole. Right. So when you starting to play at that level and playing against those type of people, there comes a point where you have to tell yourself, if I'm going to win this thing or have a shot at winning this thing. I have to go for these unbelievable shots. Like I have to hit something that's, you know, other people aren't, right? Or or they're not going to take because that's what it's going to take to win at that high, high level. Now, as people are, are making their way from a competitive level to an advanced level or, or trying to get into a, a baseline pro division, like just getting into the bottom half of that, then maybe it's a different personality. But if you're going to compete at a lot high level, you have to hit the big shots. Well, you know, I'm here to watch it, so excited about it. (laughs) It's just really painful when they miss. And we did see some top players missing a push a little bit to the left or right. We saw, you know, missed airmails, things like that, um, that make a big difference in in these really close matches when you give up five points. That's going to hurt you a little bit. So it is interesting to watch the aggressive play. Yeah, and and I think one thing that's important that I'm starting to see a trend with in the game is – As these PPR numbers continue to climb and climb and climb, the players that I am finding to be the most successful, the most important shot in cornhole to me right now is your follow-through push. I don't think there is a more important or critical element to your game right now than that follow-through push. 
You have to be able to, when your opponent comes just a little bit short, I'm not saying a level one and a half, level two block. I'm not saying a short block that's going to cut, you know, we're going to start cutting, we're going to start air mailing. I'm saying when that player lays a block that's level one or, or even closer to the hole, hanging in the hole, you got to be able to go through that with your bag nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, right? Because when you start kicking right and you start kicking left, that's when you open up the door for your opponent to now have a bumper and continue to inflate these PPRs. Look at the top players in the world. Mark Richards, even over the past you know, six months. Alex Rawls, Jamie Graham, right? All these great elite-level players. Devin Harbaugh from this weekend. I would even sometimes argue Kyle Malone, who's as hot as ever right now. Fisher Hamilton. These top players... It's almost a combination of what Anthony and I had been saying. You know, Anthony said carpet, carpet, carpet. You know, the players that are going to hit the big shots. I've been saying the slide game is going to dominate. I think they're starting to meet somewhere in the middle. It's someone, the, the, the best players in the world right now are just getting around the hole yeah. and being able to go through it and, and, and avoiding that, that subtle kick off to the right or subtle kick off to the left from those bags bags obstructing the hole. And those are the players that are playing at the highest level right now. I would say equally as important to your push shot, and we're seeing it over and over again, is more on the defensive side. The ability to back block. I saw so many times this weekend where, like you said, opponents staying around the hole and they're coming behind and they're cleaning up with these pushes. Two bag pushes is really, really common. So you're talking about the bag in my hand is three. I'm going to push two bags in for a bonus four. Those are seven-point pushes, and guys are missing their back blocks, left or right, and a guy's coming through with that push you're talking about and getting seven points. So the back block really so important to prevent big points off of those pushes too. Absolutely. Well, let's start yeah. with – oh, go ahead. Sorry. The only thing I was going to add, Anthony, is and, and how many players today are practicing a block, back block? I, I promise you not enough. Not because, a lot of slick plat players are, I could tell you that. Because the back block <laughs> is the is is your least favorite shot. No, yeah. no, when you are back blocking, it means you are saying to yourself, I am not going to maximize points this round. That's what you have to tell yourself that internally. And I guarantee you there's so many players out here not practicing that shot enough. If I was a player, uh, part of my practice routine, I'd spend 30 minutes a day Literally just setting a block in front of the hole that's a little bit short and having to lay a back block, lay the block, lay the block, and hitting it right and timing it right and putting it at the right angle because it's just a shot. People just assume, oh, I know how to board it. I know where to put it. You have to practice it to be able to do it at a high level. There is a time to think maximize points, and there is a time to think maximize my differential. And when you have your opponent's, Two bags sitting in front of the hole. You have to think differential. Going over the top with an airmail and leaving your opponent a two-bag push is not a good strategy. So you have to think maximize differential at some points, some points in the game. Yep. All right. Well, a very different kind of game is in the women's category, as we saw with Cheyenne Bubenheim with what was that PPR she had on that day? 11 point something? I think it was 11.06 or 11.02 for the tournament. 
for the eleven tournament. over two, eleven oh two over. Her tournament was short because she just rolled people yeah. with a two plus DPR, but it was over fifty seven rounds, which is interesting because who else ended? Who ended up in that final against Cheyenne? Cheyenne is crushing her opponents with a two plus DPR. Two different approaches. Soprenit makes it all the way to the championship match with a completely different game. She had to throw 145 rounds to get to the same spot. So <laughs> yeah, a grind, a right? A, a grind. But Soprenit brought her, her PPR was almost two points less at a low nine. But her DPR was almost a one. And we have to keep in mind, if we look to last season, I think it was Mark Richards with the number one DPR in the league on the season was a point eight. So you come in and you throw a .92 across a tournament, great job, Isabella, and just a different way to get to the final than Cheyenne. Two different approaches, same result. Yeah, so Cheyenne did take the win there. It's almost getting um, like tiring saying this. <laughs> 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 like as we're editing the run of show, you just leave that line there. You're like, okay, yeah. that one stays the same <laughs> moving on so yeah, big congrats yeah. to Cheyenne because not just because she won because she's winning a lot but because of the dominance that she had uh, to get to that win yeah and I think it was a recipe for success for Cheyenne because the boards I was surprised how fast they played all weekend and I said to myself especially on day one fast boards that is Bubenheim like party going on right there because the faster the boards can be for her, the better that she's the, the better that she's going to be. Cause a lot of people don't handle it as well, that, as well as she does. And then literally anything that ends up in the front of the hole, it doesn't matter because they're so fast. Her follow through push, like I just talked about is better than, you know, arguably best in the world, top five in the world. And so because of that, she can just effortlessly go through things. If they're fast enough, if they're slow, she has to throw it a lot harder there's a chance he gets kicked left and right. Then she's opening up to, you know, she's, she's vulnerable to a slide game. So, so yeah, it was, it was her, I mean, 55 in a row over three crazy. games, That's including crazy. a 32 bag, perfect game against Miranda Coy. Um, <laughs> she just, I really That's don't have the motivational. What do you yeah. do when you come up against an opponent who throws a perfect game over eight rounds? Like, yeah, that's just demo. Like I'm hanging my bags up. Have a great life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was at one point I was like looking at the stats and to start the game, Miranda threw like a 10, 10, 10, 12, 10. And she was down, down like, like 13, nothing. Like it was just, I mean, at some point you just got to say, uh, I, I, it's not my, I mean, I'm I, nothing I can do. Right. I no. mean, so it was, you're not going to uh, come up against a perfect game all that often. So if it happens, you got to walk away saying, well, at least I made it this many rounds. <laughs> I, I, I'll take Could've us off worse. track. I'll take us off track here for a second as we talk about shine a little bit, but you know, interested to hear at least Anthony's perspective on, you know, the partnership change that was announced, right? Cause Cheyenne, and this was the first weekend. Now she didn't play with Frank Maudlin. She has played with Frank Maudlin in the past. Um, and they didn't do that great, but it, sometimes it did well and sometimes it didn't. But overall, she's going away from James Baldwin. We get James Baldwin getting back with Jordan Camba. And, and so, at least from my perspective, I think it's a win-win for all four players because James Baldwin, I think, needed a change of scenery. I think Cheyenne needed someone that was, you know, a little bit more consistent down the center. Um, and I think that right now that's Frank Maudlin. 
Um, and, and, and Jordan Camba gets to play with the guy he won a, a world championship with. So I don't know. I, I'm, I know I derailed us a little bit there, Michelle, but I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think about that partnership so often. Well, but before you dive into it, do you remember that James Baldwin and and Jordan Camba, there was that weird interaction at, at the draft, though, where there was that swap yeah. because they got drafted back to back. So I do I am really curious what happened in that conversation between the two of them. Yeah, and I don't, I, and I, you know, from what I hear from Jordan on social, you know, Jordan puts out there that it really was kind of overblown, and it maybe is something that the coasters said that kind of overblown, overblown to maybe justify taking Berkeley pair. Got it. You know, it was like, okay, no, he, he, they just weren't on board, so we we decided we had to trade for Berkeley pair. Was it just that they wanted pair the whole time, and you know, they they forgot about it, and so they're like, okay, we need to go back and change our mind. So. I, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, here's my Anthony? thoughts is this is a win for Renner and Maudlin. You're mm-hmm. taking two dedicated cornhole players. This is their job. They're all in. You're taking those two players and you're putting them together. Now, Baldwin, this guy runs his own company. You know, he's, he's out there running a tile business. So is he all in on cornhole? There's no way. There's no way that you're running a business, bringing in financials into your family, hustling, and being able to keep up with these dedicated cornhole players. So this is a win for Renner uh, in Modlin, in my opinion. So Renner's doubles ranking for me just went up significantly. Mm -hmm. So uh, a win, a win-win for, for Renner specifically. Yeah. Does kind of blow up the fantasy cornhole leagues. I must say gets real confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How are they going to go back and redo that doubles? No, I get him. No, I get him. That's what I'm saying. Like we yeah, gotta figure gotta, this out. Yeah, we got an e- I got an email this morning from DraftKings. Oh, what what uh, I heard this partner change went up, so we just gotta we gotta we've had to refund all these people <laughs> on their on their futures bets for team of the year and had to put up these new ones. So um I wondered <laughs> yeah. about that. Yeah, it does make things a little complicated. So we'll see how that plays out in future years. Uh, moving into seniors, Jimmy McGuffin took the win there, and in juniors, Ian Cripps. Uh, thoughts about the rest of that first day, Trey. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't figure out Ian Cripps. Um, and, and part of it is there were so many, like, I was kind of really, really high on him when I saw how good he was. What was that in Myrtle beach? You know, he makes it all the way to the, the finals, the finals of Myrtle beach, right. Comes up short to, to Carson Getty. And, I remember just thinking to myself, wow, Ian's on, you know, on the way up. And then I look at his year-long statistics, and he's still in the high eights for PPR. Now, again, I feel like I need to justify myself anytime I bring up PPR, right? But I, I just don't see an, a player being able to sustain elite level, even a dirty style game with blocks and rolls and airmails, being able to sustain success at a high eight level. I need to see at least a nine, three or a nine, four, right? That's really, I think where the sweet spot begins with a lot of these dirty, dirty style players, because they can, they still need to put a high volume of bags in the hole. When you're at that high eight level, you don't give yourself enough differential to be able to beat people badly, right? In order for you to win at an eight, eight, like you need to either have long, long games where your opponent's thrown an eight-five or you know an eight-five, or your opponent needs to have a bad game quickly 
and and be throwing a 7.8 or an 8.0. So it just it's just tough to uh, sustain that level of success. So I'm seeing flashes of it. I'm just I'm just I'm just not quite sure. You know what, what Ian Cripps, what his ultimate ceiling is for this season, or what his ultimate floor is, or <laughs> that too. <laughs> that seems like the bigger problem. We kind of saw his ceiling, and it's pretty impressive. But how low is that floor, Anthony? What yeah. are your thoughts on the uh, wins on day one between women seniors and juniors? Yeah, I'll start with juniors because that's where we left off. But yeah, Ian Cripps, um, legit. I mean, I agree with what you were saying, Trey. And that, I was looking at some of the numbers. And I only saw him towards the end of the tournament. And, man, he was filling up the hole. He yeah. was able to run bags. And we look and go, okay, how do we measure Ian Cripps? How legit is he? You know, let's look at the other young players in the game right now. You have a Jackson Gore and an Alex Hicks that finished like 12 and 15 or something last, last year in the world. He's beating them both. You know, so, and he's making, he's showing us that he can make consistent runs in tournament. He's not just a one-hit wonder kind of guy, so... I am very interested in see what happens with Ian Cripps. I, I, I mean, what he's showing us right now is he could be a top 25 guy and maybe something better. Um, but yeah, some of the other junior standouts that was at Bryce, there was three players for me that really stood out. Bryce Forbes, Cannon Hatcher, and Caleb Rogers, all really impressive to me. Didn't know them uh, deeply in their game. I'd heard names, but I haven't really seen them play. But yeah, they, they really impressed. Uh, but if I were to kind of finish up with seniors and it kind of goes back to uh, the, the the Cheyenne uh, Frank Modlin discussion. Um, I think that the senior and women division is similar, right? In that you're running bags, you're running bags in both of those divisions. Cheyenne dominates in that. Frank Modlin dominates in that. But you put them together in an open division. What do you think about this, Trey? Because I have this thought that you know running bags at a high PPR works in women's and seniors, but it is not going to work the way that equally in the full field of singles and doubles. What are your thoughts on that idea of being able to be successful in women's and seniors doing that, but it doesn't work so well in the, uh, in the open division. How fast are the boards? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think that, I think that's a legitimate question, right? I mean, you know, I think board speed plays so much into that. If the boards come out and on scale of one to 10, the boards are a four. No, I don't see Frank Modlin and Cheyenne Renner coming anywhere close to, to winning. But if they're on seven or an eight, or an eight as far as speed goes, you know, would then yeah, I, I think they have a legitimate shot. I mean, and there there are going to be instances where they're playing at both levels. I think they're slightly more limited, but I think that's true for a lot of different people, right? If I put Tony uh, Tony Smith on super fast boards, I'm not going to get the same Tony Smith that I would on tackier boards, right? Um, and, and I think that goes for a lot of different players. It doesn't even need to be something that, that, that rolls a lot or anything like that. So people have their sweet spots and, and some people can adjust better than others. I really do believe that it's the balanced players, your Jamie Grimms and your Mark Richards that are better at adjusting to the various different levels of condition, whether that be through bags or whether that be through simply play style um, or, or, or arc or velocity or yep. whatever. Um, so I think, uh, I think ultimately I, I still think Renner and Maudlin are a team that can really contend, but to your point, I think they're going to be limited to events to where the boards have to be playing a little bit faster. 
I, I got a question for you guys before we move on to singles and doubles. What's the toughest field there? Women, seniors, or juniors? Who's the, what's the toughest division to play in? It's gotta be juniors. Right? <laughs> I, it's just small. It's like it's more condensed, right? So like pretend they all know. have the same amount of people, right? I'm just saying, like you're you're gonna enter in women, seniors, or juniors. Which one do you not want to play in? Juniors. <laughs> damn, uh, damn young kids keep whipping my ass. I all the probably time. don't want to play in juniors, but <laughs> yeah, I, it just and but it also play style preference, right? I mean, it, yeah. it really it just it just comes down to, it comes down to that. So I agree. I think I would want to stay away from the kids. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> all right, and then of course we had our singles and doubles. In singles, Devin Harbaugh took first. Alex Hicks took second. And in doubles, we had Alex Rawls and Trey Birchfield take first with Carson Getty and Ethan Walker taking second. Uh, Trey, thoughts on uh, the next couple days there, singles and doubles? Yeah, I'll start I'll start with doubles. Um, yeah, Trey Birchfield at times looked like Trey Birchfield, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy was, was lightening up. And, and he has a knack for these open doubles. He now leads um, – he's the all-time leader. He's got six. Six of his 14 titles are in open doubles. The guy knows how to play in open doubles. And, yeah. yes, he's won a couple with Rawls, but he's won with a lot of different people. So mm -hmm. the guy knows how to win doubles events. Um, he's really solid. He's a good partner. He's, he was aggressive, putting a lot of bags in the hole. Rawls is, is right back up there. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about him in singles as well, the run that he made. Um, but ultimately, that, it just they're just nasty. Um, there's not much to say about Birchfield and Rawls that we already haven't said. However, there is something to say is hello, Ethan Walker, right? Mm -hmm. Or as Anthony likes to say, or as Anthony <laughs> likes to say, who? Who? Uh, Walker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just I will say I'm finally glad that somebody else is using motivation that is not come from me this year. It's coming from somebody <laughs> else. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, no, Ethan Walker was uh you, you know sometimes you you watch the guys that are in a role that that they're your rollers no pun intended um when when they're in that zone it's like it's kind of fun it's really fun to watch because they're just hitting that spot every time they're they're rolling i mean Ethan walker felt like he was in one of those type of zones he was hitting all the big shots i was really impressed barson getty is becoming a he's he's becoming a wagon right he is he is he is unbelievable right now, and I think he's someone we legitimately have to start considering as someone that should be in contention for some of these events at a high level. Um, but him and Walker were were, were super fun to watch, um, and 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 made it a really really cool uh, doubles tournament to see. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, just kind of running through a few. I mean, my thoughts: uh, Windsor, dude is showing a lot of consistency this 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 year. Anyone winning a bracket at these opens. If you reran the final eight, you could get a completely different outcome. You know, getting to the getting to that bracket final is really really the goal. After that, it could go a number of different ways. I mean, it's a one and done scenario. Windsor showing consistency. Hunter Thorne looking consistent to be a breakout player of the year. I really really love what I'm seeing from Hunter Thorne. Noah Wooten, you know, from what I'm hearing, was struggling earlier in the tournament. Ends up winning his bracket, so that goes to show the grit. And I've been there before, where nothing feels good. You're not playing at your best, and you just kind of grind through a couple games, and then you get deeper in the tournament, and then you start to feel it and to turn it on, and it looks like he made it through that earlier piece. 
Slowbomb. Hey, welcome yeah. back. Um, love to see it again. So really a, a watch on Austin. Did he just have one good performance? You know, maybe he had an easy bracket run. I don't know. I didn't analyze it, but I want to see Slowbomb show up, show up again. Um, baby goat is back. Hey, I, I'm really loving to see the baby goat back and back meaning he just kind of didn't look like himself at the beginning of the year, right? We had some weird kind of tournaments where his numbers were just like, you know, like he almost didn't care. And then we just didn't see the elite level that we had seen before. We've seen a couple tournaments now where he's shown up and this time really, you know, making it as far as he did really showed uh, that to me that the baby goat is back. And I hope that can, uh, continues. Birchfield, I like what I see. Still kind of busy in the bottom of his pitch. You know, he's kind of, you know, really like that back foot likes to kind of step through. I think that if he can calm the base, the old robot is going to be back. But Birchfield throwing really, really well right now. I'd like to throw out some shots to uh, shout out to Yeti Irwan, the deepest mm -hmm. yeah. female. Yeah. Yep. Finished fourth in her bracket. Again, we keep saying Irwan's name. Is that going to foreshadow what the women's division looks like when we start the pro season? So excited to see what she does. Man, Devin Harbaugh was due. I mean, was anybody more due for no. a singles win? This might blow a lot of people away, but before this weekend, Devin Har Harbaugh has zero singles titles. This is Crazy. his first singles title. It blows my mind to even, even think about that. You're talking about a guy that's, you know, he's first of all, he's been around for a really, really long time. To me, he's an OG. You know, he was there when I showed up in 17. So, man, I was so happy to see him win that one. He's got a few uh, wins and doubles. You know, he won with Frisch recently. He had a uh, doubles win with Tony Smith, won a shootout. Um, oh, it was like Tyler Cobb last year. I think they had yeah. that run. So, hey, good to see Devin Harbaugh show up in singles. And we keep saying, can Devin Harbaugh be one of the, the best player or one of the best players in the world? Here's where he's coming in and saying, all right, I got, I got my singles out of the way. Is this just breaking the seal? And we start seeing uh, Harbaugh really crush it more and more. But Alex Rawls, Trey, I mean, is he the best player in the world right now or what? Yeah, I, I look, I, I said it a few you know weeks ago. I, I still kind of stand by it, right? You could argue some guys you know fit in that category. I mean, him and Mark Richards are going to go back and forth, back and forth. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I like Rawls right now. I think I, I just think he's he's playing at such a high level in both singles and in doubles. I agree. Yeah, and the only other thing I'll add, and and I love this, you know, I, I think it's got to start being the year of like the breakout player, right? Because both look, look what happened to Kyle Malone, zero singles titles, huge, you know, huge, uh, you know, elite level player has has felt like he's been there, done that. But you look at his stat sheet, zero singles titles, right? And then he gets the win. <laughs> yeah. He gets the win in uh, at the first shootout. Same thing with Devin Harbaugh. You're like, that guy's been there, done that. Was that guy got like 15 titles? Is he like a couple behind Jamie Graham and that guy? Zero singles titles. And you're wow. saying to yourself, how does that make any sense whatsoever? Right. That's, that's not real. You're making that up, right? And – Sure enough, he gets the win. I felt like so many times, and I felt like we talked about this so many times, Anthony. How many times did we go, man, Harbaugh, I thought he was going to win, and then he just didn't finish, right? Yeah. We talked about Tony Smith kind of having that wonder if he's got like kind of a finishing problem or fatigue problem or whatever it may be. I think this exact same thing could, could have been said about Devin Harbaugh, and I think this was a critical 
critical win in the development to Devin Harbaugh to the point where I really, really think that he can be something and be a player that explodes this year, becomes a dominant force. And we could be talking about this guy winning a national and competing for a world championship this year. That good. hundred percent. Who's who's due. Who else is due? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I was trying. I was like trying to think, okay, who hasn't won yet? Right. Because um, you know, somebody's gotta be, gotta be missing a, a singles title somewhere. I mean, if you look at all the championship titles and try to go down, I mean, um, crazy well, we know Matt guy, Matt guy in the shootout series has his single struggle. One player has 10 titles, but only one singles. And you want to guess who that is? It's kind of a mini name your player, but 10 <laughs> titles with only one singles. 10. So the he's hit- like fifth or sixth or something in there. Yeah. Baldwin maybe. No, Baldwin Derek won King. a singles world championship. Um, you, said, you said he has one, right? Derek King, maybe? Yeah. N- not Derek King. Misha's favorite, Eric Davis, only yeah. one career well, singles title. Isn't that crazy to think about, though? Kind of. Kind of not. I mean, he is an aggressive player. So if he's that aggressive on both ends, I can see how sometimes that doesn't go his way. Whereas when he has, like, Brett on the other side or someone on the side, they might balance out some of that. Now... The next one, yes, you're exactly right. Derek King. Derek King's got five titles, but he's got no singles to his name. So that would be, <clears throat> to me, There's that's the next probably, one. yeah, that, that's the <laughs> that's the next candidate. Um, if we continue on go- this trajectory, that's that would be someone would be curious to see if it happens. Yeah, the other the other one I'll mention before we get, and I just want to, I'm, I'm double checking this right here, is another one, current. Current world champion, Jordan Power, never won a singles title. He okay. does have an international title in Canada, but eh. yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's, a little, it's, it's a little bit different, but no open <laughs> shootouts or oh. national singles title. So, like, those are the guys I'm kind of looking at now as we go through this season. Like, we got to continue the trend. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Okay. Mish, can I wrap up some uh, some doubles? I did, definitely wanted to go through some doubles if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so I thought it'd be good to kind of revisit the the buckets I had last week and kind of like full circle that. So I had a watch them list. Um, and right out of the gate, you already mentioned Getty and Walker. Uh, they were hustling. If you haven't seen, go back to the Bracket B final versus Hisner Henderson, and you're in store for a, an awesome match. It was a two scoop game. Hey, you mean his name Morales, you mean, right? Yes. Yes. Thank oh, no. you. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Now I'm blazing. <laughs> I just thank know you, it wasn't Henderson. You. Yeah. That, those two names just kind of come together naturally. I know. Um, but, but the thing for me with, uh, with Getty was his shot looked so effortless. I mean, there were times where he's shooting an airmail and I had to go to the, you know, kind of move to the board and go to the other, the camera. And I'm like, I can't tell if that's a whole shot or an airmail. They mm-hmm. looked identical. Uh, the, the other thing about him was his, his demeanor has changed. It almost looked more veteran-like. In the past with Getty, you kind of get more like looking to the crowd and like looking, uh, mm-hmm. you, did you see me do that kind of thing? Man, he was just dialed in the hole. He looked more veteran-like. And then Walker, for, for an 18-year-old kid, his role was absolutely legit. And his ability to collect bags off the left side as a right-handed thrower was awesome. And we actually got Walker, man, a little bit chirping with Hisner. I mean, Hisner was like kind of, you know, we're talking about a veteran who talks on the boards and he's like, I think he said something like, 
no, I don't think that's going to go in. And then Walker hits the shot and he was like, are you sure about that? So it was like, cool to get Walker chirping across the board uh, to Hisner on that one. So they were on the watch list. Absolutely kind of blew out just the watch uh, format. The Bubenheims, we talked about the Bubenheims. Mm-hmm. Just to follow up on them, man, poor, poor Brandon. He actually threw really well in his first game. He threw a 9-5. Mm-hmm. Cheyenne did her 10-2-5 like she normally did. The problem was Brandon's partner threw an 11-5 in eight rounds. So he got crushed with a 2-DPR his very next game. So they were two and done. Two games and out. The very oh. next game... Brandon pulls one of the Colorado young guns, uh, Jackson Remick. Remick throws an 11-6. So two games, Brandon's opponent, opponents, 11-5, Brandon's 11-6. like, I'm out. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fun. <laughs> Why am I doing this? So that's unfortunate. Uh, also on my watch him list last week, Gonzalez Gilbert. I said we got some presents out of, the, out of Cali. Um, with Gilbert, Gonzalez saying his game has improved. 17th in bracket. Two and oh, two and done to names. I didn't even know these guys. I don't even know who they were playing in those brackets. Just follow up on them. Uh, watch them. Hector and Sisson threw really well. Got fifth in their bracket. And then, of course, uh, watch them. I said watch the, uh, the young, young guns from uh, Colorado. They took seventh in their bracket, so did pretty well. Can win it was my next category. Morellis Hisner. Uh, Trey, you were right. I got a little aggressive on my hot take. No, it was good. I, hey, look, I mean, I like aggression. I like aggression. I just figured they'd run into somebody. But, hey, they 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 played well enough to win at times. Um, mm-hmm. And and they were – I kind of like the pairing, to be honest. I mean, no I didn't want to say that out loud too much, but I was like, yeah, I kind of like this team. <laughs> they look nice. They look nice. But they were one game away from your hot take being on point, uh, second in bracket, can win it. The Cobbs, ninth in bracket. Uh, they didn't do as well that as they mine. wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Wimbit, Ken Winnett, Harbaugh Thorne, third in bracket. Now, when we say third in bracket, I just want to put this in perspective a little bit. Do we know how many baggers were out there? It was like six or 700 or? Yeah, there was, there was about 300 teams total. 300 teams. Okay, so you're third in bracket. I mean, you're still talking about in the top percentage of the whole field. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So when we say third in bracket, there's only two brackets. So you're top six. Out of 300, that's really, really good. We're talking top 5%. So they took, uh, they took third. Kano and Batson can win it. I said last mm-hmm. week, third in bracket. Can win it. Malone and Humans, a really good run. They made it to the final. Second in bracket for them. And then I got to add one this week, caught sleeping. I got caught sleeping. They weren't on my can win it. They weren't on my watch it list. What do you think about Kimberl and Bro- Erosier this weekend? Mm-hmm. You know what? It's so funny. So... I started to get a little bit of inkling when you're never going to believe this on TikTok <laughs> because <laughs> so on TikTok, I, you know, I'm scrolling through TikTok and it seems like every other day I'm seeing a practice routine with practice sessions between Alex Rawls, Fisher Hamilton and Blaine Rozier. Those three are all practicing together and they're okay. continuously playing together. And I think that is perfect for Rozier. Absolutely perfect because he's continuing to grind on a day-to-day basis with two of the guys that we're talking about being top five players in the world, arguably best player in the world, right? So ultimately, I think that that Rozier can be someone that's going to benefit from this the most. And the fact that he um made it as far as he did with Jordan Kimbrough who's a great thrower as well I think just speaks to how much practice and grinding away 
can really make you take that next step. No doubt, no doubt. One more comment, me, so we can move on to the next segment. But talking about Kimbrell and Rozier, check this out. They took their first loss to Morales and Hisner, who ended up in the king seat. But look at this win streak. They go on a, a three-game win streak after that, and they really progressively up themselves. They get the Cobb brothers first. The 27th-ranked ranked team last, last year got them. Next team, uh, one of our top 10 predicted teams, they take out Smith and Wiedenfield. And then their third one, they take out the best team on the planet in Lopez and Richards. Kimbrell and Rozier's run was a breakout performance, I think, for them. Specifically, Rozier. We've seen Kimbrell. He's kind of a longtime guy who's always there, but really, uh, for me, a breakout performance on, on Rozier. And I, caught, I got caught sleeping on them. I got to admit that one. <laughs> caught sleeping. All right. Let's move into overreaction Monday. I'll read you a, a line here, and you let me know if this is an overreaction or not. The first one being that Devin Harbaugh is the best player in the game. Uh, the, the funny thing is people at home real quick, I, I usually am the one that puts these together and I have just been absolutely swamped. So normally I have a little bit of time to cheat. I am hearing this live for the first time. So I am reacting in absolute real time to these overreaction Monday, uh, little, little bits. Um, so, uh, I'm going to say that's an overreaction. Um, I, now I do say that I think the one thing that was – we kind of touched on this. The one thing that's been holding Devin Harbaugh back has been his ability to close on that big singles event. Now that he has that, I think he has the potential to now become that guy. But right now, Richards and Rawls are my one-two punch right now, and I go back and forth on those two. So I say it's a little bit of an overreaction. Anthony? I agree, overreaction. But if Devin Harbaugh is not on your top ten list right now, then uh... – you're crazy because this dude you're sleeping you are sleeping yeah he's he's playing great but overreaction for best in the world all right tubby Cobb is the better of the three Cobbs. not an overreaction i don't think i don't think it's particularly close i mean i tubby has been killing it recently and i think if you ask the Cobb brothers themselves they'll also they'll all tell you the same thing tubby is is the best of the three Cobb brothers right now he's he was dominant. There was a time. I mean, I was watching him all weekend. And I, I really thought he was going to make that final eight. Just came up a little bit short. And I think maybe ran out of gas, got a little cold um, at the end when he had to sit for a little bit. But not, no, no overreaction at all. Anthony? I think you're right. But let's go to probably the one who knows the most. Did you guys hear a little, uh, little sister Cobb on the mic this weekend? It was hey, hey, yeah. So, <laughs> hey, she said live on the mic and – Ty, close your ears because she didn't want you to hear this, but it goes Tubby, Tice, Ty. So I got to believe oh. that little Tay knows oh. what's up. I think she knows <laughs> what's up. So I'm going to say uh, it is not an overreaction. Trustworthy source. All right. Uh, number three, Tony Smith is no longer a top 10 player. Ooh. Oh, that, that's an overreaction. That's an over. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the question though, Michelle. That was a good one. Um, I'll say I'll say a little bit of an overreaction, right? The guy is still when he he's just blazing through brackets and he's getting to towards the end and he's just coming up a little bit short. He even did a little bit of that this weekend. He went on a big run to get to where he was. I mean, we were just you know your first question was was Devin Harbaugh the best you know player in the game right now? And I and I get we said it was an overreaction, but. The fact that we're even having him in that conversation, I think, says something. Last week at the last Open in Winter Haven, Tony Smith double-dipped Devin Harbaugh, beat him twice in a row to get to the finals. So I think that's 
I do think he's still got an issue with at the end of the tournament, whether it's fatigue or mental or whatever, there's an issue there, but overreaction to say he's not a top 10 player. I'll say it's less about how he's playing and more about how other people are playing. If they'll take the that, spot. That's true. I don't know where Anthony's putting all these guys in this top 10 because Harbaugh's yeah. <laughs> in there. Hicks is in there. All the, I mean, he's, he's putting Michelle <laughs> Bernie's in there. I mean, Jeff in as there, we should so. be, as we should be uh, Anthony overreaction or not overreaction. It's Tony Smith. Now the competitions catch it up, right? Tony Smith was kind of the one that broke out with a certain style of game we're now starting to see that he has a lot of people behind him picking up on that game and doing what Tony Smith does. Um, so I think the competition is catching up to Tony Smith, but overreaction. This dude's a top 10 player. Okay. Getty Walker or a top 20 team? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to say top 20. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to say – a smidgen of an overreaction and only because I want to see it one more time. How many times do I do this? I do this like every time yeah, someone has a good that. run. I say, I just want to see it one more all time. The clips of you saying this in succession. Yeah. But, but most of the time it ends up being true. We see these guys have yeah. these one games and then yeah. they don't, they, they, they're not consistent across the year. So I think to an extent it it is, it is justified. I want to see it one more time before I can say that, 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 um, that team is going to win it. I'm bought in. I'm all in on Getty. All in on Getty. I just need Walker to show me the next level of consistency. Anthony? Yeah, so uh, I took that when I'm looking at the ranks from last year. I'm like, all right, what does a top 20 team look like? Um, 20 n- Tied at 19 last year, we had Morellis and Neistead, Schlobaum, Maudlin. We had Renner and Baldwin at 21. Salee and Stevens at 22. So those are the kind of players you're in. I don't think they're far off. I don't think they're far right. off, but 20, uh, I'm going to say overreaction, but I think they're top 30. If they play, like you said, if they play the way they did this last week, and we only have one data point to, to work with here. Okay. Playing opens with your dedicated pro partner gives you an upper hand. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bought in. Um, yeah, that, that's not an overreaction. Um, because look at who we've revered over the past year and a half as dominant doubles teams, Jamie Graham and Matt guy, they play a lot of opens together. Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, they play a lot of opens together. Now one-off instances, great, but I give, I can give a pass to Mark Richards playing with other people because he's almost playing every single open right now. So if he's playing 16 opens and he plays with Phil, 12 of them, fine. Go find four events to play with somebody else. I get it. But I think there's absolutely something to be said about playing with your dedicated pro partner, not an overreaction. Anthony? This one's tough because it really depends on the partnership. Let's take like a a new partnership this this year. Smith Trzinski. These guys have played together so much. They know their games inside out. The chemistry is there. Can they go off and run it with Alex Hicks and Winsor Windsor and mix it up a little bit? Yeah, I don't see a problem. But take like a Getty and a Walker who are not only, you know, trying to make moves in this game. They're a new partnership. They're, they don't know each other's games yet. They're learning them as they go. I think that they need to play together. Absolutely, there's an upper hand. Maybe even a Hunter and a Poitras, you know, or a Humans Malone. We're talking about elite level players, but playing together does give you an upper hand when you don't know the games as well. So it depends. It depends on the team for me. 
That's not an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Take it, Anthony. All right. It's time for hot takes. Trey, do you have a hot take? I do. I do. Uh, we are just kind of making fun of myself for saying I want to wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. Don't do I, it again. Now, Don't now do it again, I have, No, now I have seen somebody. I Don't have said it. wait and see, and I have seen somebody. I, are we going to do this again? Don't do it. Don't do <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no. Again. <laughs> I'm going to say Carson Getty. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, he hasn't finished the sentence. Hold on. Okay, I was going to say Carson Getty makes wins a national singles bracket at a national. Okay. 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 It's different? Different. Okay. Is it more bold or is it just different? No, that's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. Uh, mine is that Carson Getty is going to improve his 146th rank from last season to inside 25 winning breakout player of the year. Ooh, yeah, I, well, the one thing I was going to, the thing is, I don't know if we're going to see the consistency for him to be a top 10 player, but on one given day, he is going to be one of the four best players. And that's the reason why I, I went with that one. So all I, the hot I, takes I'm, in the world yeah. and it's on the same guy, Trey. Come on. I know. I know. We've done uh, this three times now. Yeah. You guys have some synergy over there. Um, I'm going Devin Harbaugh wins uh, the first national. Ooh. If it's not Eric Davis, it's Devin Harbaugh. She, she, <laughs> she is on that guy. So predictable, <laughs> I know. All right, guys, that's all we have time for today. We will see you guys all next time.